You're listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast championing independence powered by The Famous Company. Whether you're an artist or music industry professional, ensure you don't miss a beat by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Amazing. Right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is Fabian First. Fabian, how are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. And you? Yeah, I am really, really good. Um, For our audience listening right now, may not know who you are, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is uh, Fabien First. Um, uh, I'm French, I live in London. I've got two companies, one in France uh, called Slay and one in the UK called First Agency. Um, so, So the French business is about like, I'm working with French artists and on First Agency in the UK, I work with international artists. In the UK, in Africa, in America, in Europe, in Australia, sometimes in India, everywhere. Um, And what we are doing is is like a label and artist services company. So I work um, with big names like, for example, Janet Jackson, uh, but also um, with new artists, independent artists or independent label. And and we are like like independent project manager for them. So we build all the strategy, all the marketing strategy, sorry, for, for their project. We help them with the branding. I mean, the general branding, but also on, 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 on social media, PR, um, DSP campaign, just to pitch their track to Spotify, Deezer, Apple Music, to get playlists, uh, sometimes partnerships um, with the platforms. We also speak with live platforms like Sofa Sounds, Colors, uh, the new app in America called Sessions, um, and and a lot of consulting. So if the artists they have any question, they want to to do something but they don't know how to do it, we are here to to help them. So and we also help them to to sign a better um, distribution deal. Um, because sometimes they just work like with iMusician or, 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 or TuneCore and it's always better to, to, to have a, a good distribution deal if you want to have more, I mean, if you want your project to have more credibility with the streaming platforms. So, so yes, this is what I'm doing. And for next year, uh, I'm going to start to do uh, management as well. Um, but yeah, it's going to be next year. Nice plans for next year already. I love it. Um, yeah. Let's talk quickly then about how you got your start uh, in the music industry. Uh, you grew up in France. Uh, I understand, of course, you started doing some social media managing at the, the number one radio station there in France, NRG. T- tell us about the story, uh, how, how you got there, and then how you broke off to create First Agency. Um, so... I was like, since I'm a kid, I think like, like since I'm, I'm like uh, two years old, I was always listening to music. Um, and when I was at high school or college, I was like, oh, I want to work in a shop like Virgin or, you know, this kind of things and sell records <laughs> because I didn't know anything about the music industry. Um, and then I, I, I did my studies in Paris uh, in a school called FAP. So it's like a media and communication and PR school and and I did my internship at NRJ so NRJ is like the biggest radio station in France it's like 
Capital FM in the UK or BBC Radio One. So I was a social media manager. Uh, it was the beginning. It was in 2009. So it was like the early stage of uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So, so I was working like as an intern and we built all the, the digital strategy for the radio. Uh, we work with so many artists like um, uh, Prince, Maria Carey, Gillo, uh, Shakira, Justin Bieber, um, Shade, um, Usher, and Lady Gaga. And we build all the digital strategy uh, around their venue to the radio station. And then the, the NRG, they offered me a, a contract uh, after the internship. And I stayed like four months and I left. <laughs> um, I was, yeah, everybody wanted to work in this company. Everybody wanted to be a social media manager. I was 22 or 23. And I was like, no, this is, this is not for me. I, I, I don't want to work for a company. Uh, so I left, and for two years, I, I didn't find a new job, and I think was, I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship and all these things. So I created like a, like a music blog just to, to stay in touch with the music people in this industry. And, and two years later, uh, my former boss at NRJ called me and said, I have a project for you for the radio station. It was for James Arthur, the winner of the X Factor UK. Yeah. Uh, and I said, okay, I'm going to help you. And after this, it was like, like, like a Google Hangout. It was a digital event. And he told me after the event, listen, everybody was happy with your work. So I think you need to create your own business. And I was like, I tried for two years, but it was like a flop. <laughs> so... And at the same time, um, I had three proposals for a job. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to accept the jobs. I'm going to create my own business. And Warner Music France called me for a Portuguese artist. His name is David Carrera. He's like one of the biggest artists in, 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 in Portugal. I mean, his, his father is, is a music legend in, in, in Portugal. Um, and Warner asked me to do the social media management for him. And they were very happy with my job. So um, I worked with them on a few other projects, artists, and then Sony Music called me, uh, Universal Music called me. So for, for two years, I was doing social media management and online PR for them. So, um, and so it was the beginning of, of, of First Agency. But my vision was always... Like I wanted to work uh, in the UK. I mean, I was more on the international music scene. And I was like, I'm going to go to London. So I went to London. Um, my English was not very good. <laughs> uh, but I was just trying, like, you know, to open the doors everywhere. Some meetings at Universal with radio station, with journalists. And I, my first project was Alexandra Burke, uh, the winner of the X Factor UK, um, and Jordan Morris. It was also it was a it, it, it was a, a singer on the X Factor UK as well, uh, but right. it didn't go through the, the live shows. Um, and so yes, it was just it was just the beginning. And after I was like, okay, I need to to move full time to London. So I decided like to so first agency was. 
in France, but I say, okay, I'm going to stop First Agency in France. I'm going to bring First Agency to the UK. And I created a new company in France called Slay with a business partner in France um, uh, for, for all the French uh, projects. Um, and so the French business, at the beginning when I was in London, it was, I mean, I had all these clients in France, so it was easy, but it was complicated to find clients in the UK. Um, and one day, one, it's, it's, a, it's my partner on, on, the, on the UK uh, market called me and said, listen, um, I want you to work. So it's Janet Jackson A&R. And he said, I need you on, on, on this project. So I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> because for me, Janet is like, I mean, Michael, Janet, I grew yeah. up listening to music. So it was like a dream. And so it was in so it was two two years ago uh, for the single made for now. Um, so I did the campaign in France and in the UK with I mean it was like PR on the French market and it was and digital platform in the UK. And and in, and since I signed this project, you can imagine that so many doors I, I opened so many doors. Uh, because when you have a music legend like Janet, and I think after your company have the, has the credit, credibility for all the music professionals. Um, and I started to have like clients in, in Nigeria, working with big names like Shea Shea, Ade Kondegor, Runtown, Daria Halladay, um, Ricardo Banks, Tommy. Um, also, I've got like clients in, in Europe like Kimo Frankel, uh, Kwame Live in the States with Lion Babe. Um, so, so yes, no, it was, I mean, it was every year I'm trying to have like new goals. Uh, just like this year, I, I was uh, hoping like to, to spend more time in America, but it, like with all this Corona drama, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. Mm. But yeah, this is, this is my journey so, so far. No, I think that's uh, amazing, man. Let's, uh, let's quickly talk then about, what goes into a successful campaign? Let's bring it back a little bit more to the um, the NRGA stuff then. So you say back in 2009, you were working with artists like Prince, Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber. So tell us more about what went into those digital campaigns um, and how you were able to make them so successful. So it was like 11, yeah, 10 years ago now. So it's a bit like old school now and I'm speaking about this, but at the beginning, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it was, it was new. Uh, so we had to create everything. So it was like, so for example, when someone like Justin Bieber was coming to the radio station or Jonas Brothers, they, they have a massive fan base. So the main goal was to, to drive all the fan base like, on, it was like 10 years ago, like it was on music forum and all these things. And so we had to like to try to, to drive all this audience on, on the, on the, on NRG social media. So we organized like a lot of competitions, like to win tickets for, for their shows in Paris, like a meet and greet at the radio station when they came for, 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 for an interview. Um, we did so. And so it was like, like the marketing side, but also we had to, uh, to, to think about great events. Mm-hmm. So for, for example, for Justin Bieber, he was at the beginning when he dropped the song, I think it was Baby or yeah, I think it was yeah. the name of the track. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and it was ludicrous. So yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, and it was so funny because he came to the radio station and all the teenage girl were in front of the studios screaming. I was like, who is this guy? And 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 I, I, I was in, I think, it was in the elevator with him in the lift. Sorry, with him. And he broke his, I mean, he broke his, his leg a few days before. And wow. it was just, it was, it was just so nice. Good. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just nice and very polite. And, and, but it, it was crazy. So, but like to have like a successful campaign, you have to think about the event as well. How you're going to promote is venue to the radio station on social media. So we organized like um, a private show um, inside the Eiffel Tower, like at the, at the top of the Eiffel Tower. And it was like, it was, it, 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 it was crazy because we had like a lot of new followers on the social media. Um, but also to, you, you have the result on social media, but also in terms of PR, um, because all the journalists are coming to the event. And I remember in front of the Eiffel Tower, I was an intern, so I was doing the VIP list at the entrance, <laughs> these kind of things. And I remember three girls, like teenage girls, coming to me and said, I want to go inside. And, and I said, listen, you don't have tickets, you can't go inside. You will see we will go inside. They left and they come back like 10 minutes later with umbrellas and they said, listen, if you don't allow me to go inside, I will kill you with the umbrella. And I had like the umbrella on my stomach. <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, this guy is gonna be a music legend. These girls are crazy. So I, I had like two big security, security guy um, just for me after, because it was wow. so dangerous. But in terms of PR, it was a very good thing because after the, the day after in the press, everybody was talking about the crazy girls in front of the Eiffel Tower during the show all the campaign on social media. So, yeah, it, it, it was the beginning. Nowadays, I think it's more complicated to build a campaign uh, like this. But mm. it, was, it was very funny. We did the same thing with, 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 with Maria Carey. Like, you have all the fans. With Shakira, she, Shakira she's, like, she, she, she's massive in France. And we did, like, she was doing two or three nights in Bercy Arena. In, it's like the O2 in, in, in Paris. Uh, and they were shooting the DVD um, for, 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 for the tour. So at the end of the show, she was performing Waka Waka's and World Cup uh, song. And we, we invited like a few fans to come with her on, 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 on stage. So, so same thing is good. On so, it's a good campaign on social media, but also in terms of branding for the radio station. Um, so yes, it was it was a mix of of of, of successful digital and, and and PR campaign. That's amazing. Let's talk a little bit about the this year. Of course, we and you kind of had a brief conversation about COVID nineteen twenty twenty. The fact that we can't really do anything right now, but this has been a massive year for online marketing. Um, first agency, you guys um, worked alongside uh, First Access Entertainment. Uh, yeah. to promote Lion Babes around the world at home virtual tour. This is, of course, a massive difference from promoting Justin Bieber in uh, like a VIP meet and greet people seeing them. What was the biggest obstacle? Uh, sorry, what was the biggest obstacle here? And how did you guys kind of work around trying to uh, get a live stream to hit the numbers that it needed to? 
Um, it was so they call so so when First Access uh, contacted me, they, they, they organized it. The, they organized um, the campaign. I only did like like the PR, but it was very interesting because it was like it was at the I think it was at the beginning of the of, of the first lockdown, um, and. And it was very interesting because most of the artists, they were only doing like one show, for example, on, on, on digital platform or, or Instagram or YouTube. But for them, they, they planned to do a tour and they couldn't do it. So they decided to, to do the tour, but um, on the Instagram venues. So for example, I think they had shows in London, they had shows in, in Paris, in Amsterdam. So they didn't do the show in the venue because it was not possible, but they did the show on their Instagram, on, on the venue Instagram page. Um, so all the fans could, could watch the show and they did like two or, or three shows, I think sometimes per day with meet and greets as, as well. Uh, with an opening act, it was Kwame Live. I'm, I'm working on our campaign at the moment as well. And it was it was very it was very interesting because I think now I think for Lion Bay they are they are big um, they are big band so they can travel after this pandemic they would be able to travel again but I think which is interesting is like for for new artists to see this kind of of digital world tour I think it's different now because maybe when you are when you are a new artist you can't. Really take, nobody wants to take the risk to invest money in a new artist to, 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 to do a tour because we all know that it's complicated to, to, to sell tickets. Even if for big artists, sometimes it's complicated. You think that the show is sold out, but it's not. It's because they give a lot of tickets or they have deals with big companies, etc. Mm. So I think now maybe for artists, like it's a new way to promote their music and to see if they have an audience. So maybe they can do like a digital tour before to go like on a proper, on, 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 on a proper tour and yeah. just to build the audience step by step. And, and you know, it's, 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 it's funny because I'm watching this TV series at the moment on, on Netflix, Selena, about uh, the Mexican singer. I don't know if you know her. I think, I'm, no, she's not Mexican. She's, she, she's America, but she was, famous in Mexico, I think. Yeah. Um, she, she was killed when she was 23 years old by her assistant, I think. And there is a series now on, on Netflix. And you can see the difference. It was in, in the 80s and in, in, in the 90s. And you can see how the dad built all um, the career of her daughter. And it was a band with the brother and the sister before. And before they, they used to do like very small show to create everything by themselves. But this is something that the new generation of artists, sometimes they can't accept to do this. They, are, they, 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 they have big ideas. Uh, they, they want to open for a big artist or they don't want to perform in a small venue. Or sometimes when you are famous in your country, for example, I don't know, in in America or in, or in Africa and you come to the UK and you have to start with a small venue, they don't want to, 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 to do it. So yeah. I think now with all this kind of digital events, it's a new way to promote the music and maybe to, to, to build your, your, your audience before to go on tour. I think there is always positive things and negative things. So I think that the industry is changing and I think we learned a lot 
um, with this pandemic. And we have, and the artists now, maybe they are more realistic because it's not only about the touring, but I work with so many new artists and before the COVID, some, some of them were very lazy. They didn't understand that you can have the best PR, you can have the best manager or project manager in your team, but if you don't work, your team can't do the job properly because this is your project. And now after this pandemic, because they couldn't go on tour, they couldn't promote their music on, on TV shows, radio shows. I think they understood that it's, it's, there is a step for everything in, 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 in their career. And, 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 and it's very like, difficult to build an audience. But if you really want to build the audience, now you can do it with the social media, with the streaming platforms, with, 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 with everything. So... I don't know if I'm really answering to your question. <laughs> um, no, but... you are, because it, it might not be a case of what went into that project, but that's what I was kind of leaning towards. I want to know what goes into a project like this. Um, you also said, like, lazy artists were kind of something that it, it really showed during a time like this. Uh, I guess another question could be then, what do you look for? in a new artist that first agency you, you guys offer a lot of services you also talked about the fact that you are well connected um in the, in the music industry what do you look for then in an artist who is looking to join first agency um so for me the, it, it's strange to say this but the first thing that i'm gonna check is not the music it's their personality because you can have a you can have a very talented artist, but as I said, also a very lazy artist. And I'm always like, and when I work with someone um, and with an artist or his manager, they are always asking for your conditions, like the, the price and everything. And I said, before to speak about money, I want to speak about you. You want to work with me. So first of all, you have to listen to me because you have so many artists. They want to work with you but they don't want to listen to you. And I don't have time to work with everybody. And I only work like on projects where when I feel the potential of the project and the artist. So this is the first thing. Um, also, after I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak about the motivation, because as I said, so many artists, they think they just need to record a good album or a good song. And after they don't have to do anything, um so and also like 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 to have respect because sometimes the, the artists they think that because it's their project it's their music they can do everything they want they have the control and everything but i'm always ex explaining like you're, you're as an artist you are nothing without the media without the streaming platform without the tv and without your team so if you don't have respect for them they can't have respect for you and it's not going to work. And it seems like very strange to say this, but trust me, I, work with, I worked with so many artists um, with a very bad attitude. They are nothing. They are at the beginning of their career and you do a meeting with a big platform or big media and at the end of the meeting, they are like, oh, what are, what, what are they going to do for me? And I'm like, they spent one hour with you so it's, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. You have to be lucky now. You have to prove then that you really want to, 
to, to, to be involved on their platform. And if you are involved on the platform, they will support your music. Yes. And also the project itself, because if the project is not good or if I don't believe in the project, I can't sell the project after to, 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 to my partners. Uh, it's, 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 it's impossible. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very flexible. Sometimes when, sometimes I sign projects, it's not perfect, it's not very good, but I can see that the artist has more potential. So I will say, okay, let's, let, let, let's pitch your project like this just for one or two months. Let's mm-hmm. see how the partners are going to, when I say partners, like the media and these etc. Uh, are going to react to your project. And after one or two months, we will, we will speak and we will see if we continue or if we do a break and you need to work on, this, on, on, on these different points. Um, because sometimes you can have very good surprise. Sometimes I have projects, I'm like, sometimes you, have a, a, you think that you have, a, you have two projects. You have one, you're like, oh, I really believe in this project. I'm going to have so many results. And at the same time, you work on a project like a new artist. The, the project is not perfect. And you're like, uh, it's going to be complicated. And at the end, you're going to have more results for the second artist than the first one. Yeah. Um, and you, you can't explain this. It's like with the DSPs. It's like sometimes you pitch a project. This week I was pitching like a big project. I was accepting like a lot of results, zero playlist. And I had a new artist, first single, and I had like five, like no, I think 10 playlists. So, 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 so you never know. So I'm always saying to artists, and this is something that I really want them to have, is like to be open-minded. When you do a campaign in terms of PR, DSPs, is you have to listen to the advices. So it's not because uh, a media or a radio station uh, will say, okay, I don't like this song, that your project is bad, or they're not going to support the project on the long term. But you have to listen to the, the critics if you want, if, 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 if you want to, 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 to have a better project. Like sometimes they will say, okay, this song is not great. I'm not going to promote this track, but the next one is very good. I think you should release this song as the next single. But the problem is you have so many artists, they don't want to listen to advices. Mm. Um, and for me, it, it, it doesn't work because I think yeah. at the end, the artist, the team and the media and the DSPs, we are all in the same boat. Yeah. The media, the DSPs are nothing without artists. Artists are nothing without um, the media. Uh, we are nothing without the artists and the media. So mm. I think at the end, it's, it's, it's a teamwork. And if I check all, like, all my clients... I can tell you, like, the one I had, like, big results, it's because they had hard worker, uh, mm. they are smart, and they are not afraid of critics. And they will take risk. Because if you don't take risk, I think not only as an artist, but also as an entrepreneur, you can't, you can't grow. It's impossible. Yes. It's impossible. So, yeah, for me, I'm always saying to an artist, I prefer to try something to have zero result, but we tried than mm-hmm. to do nothing or we don't do the things properly. It's like, yeah. if you check all the, big, all the big names in the pop in music industry, for example, all the biggest pop artists, they had one flop or two in their career. But 20 years later, they are still here because they learned so many things about their flop 
Yeah. Sometimes because the music was not good, because sometimes because their attitude was not good. So, so yes, I think like an artist has to be open-minded, talented, and open-minded. Yeah, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think definitely something that a lot of artists are learning from this podcast as well is um, don't don't get knocked down completely by someone saying this isn't good. Don't get knocked down completely by someone not agreeing to play your music. Just learn from it. You can adapt in this industry. Um, and also, not many people know what tomorrow will bring. Um, so your piece of music may be the best fit for them in two weeks, in a year. Like with COVID-19, we were all kind of shaken. We didn't know what was going to happen. And kind of following up from that, one of the reasons that me and you wanted to have a conversation today was about Brexit and the unfortunate... It, it, it's going to... I know we're only really talking here UK and Europe, but it will shake the music industry as a whole, unfortunately, because it's going to cost more money for record labels. It's going to cost more money for international offices. Um, I'll give a little bit of a backstory for the audience as well. So the UK left the European Union on the 31st of January 2019. Uh, we're currently in what they're calling a transition period uh, where the deal is yet to be confirmed. Um, the UK is on its way out of uh, this transition period, 31st of December. Me and Fabian are recording this. We're a few weeks away, basically. Um, so before we talk about the future of music and the future of, of what's going to happen, has this affected you a lot so far? We've been talking about Brexit for a few years now. Um, where do you think that this has kind of hit you the most? Uh, for me, to be honest, I think it's more. Uh, it was more on the personal side. I mean, personal side, but um, but it was linked to to, to my business uh, because I arrived in the UK five years ago. Um, and I moved full time. It was uh, two weeks after uh, the referendum. Um, so it was at the beginning, I was like, I didn't think about it. And because I was like, oh, maybe they're going to cancel this. Or maybe, you know, everybody was thinking this at the beginning, like it's not going to happen. Yeah. And like two years after, I was like, okay, now it's time to stress. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like I want to I want to and when I signed with Janet I was like okay now my business is doing well in the UK so I don't want to leave and I had so many opportunities and it was a lot of stress because most of my job is about is is digital but I was like I don't think I would be able to work with all these artists in Africa in America if I if I was not based in London because it's not the same thing to be based in London and in Paris. It's just two hours uh, yeah. of different, but like London is an international city. Paris is not when you, maybe for people it seems international when it's, when it's not your country, but when you go to Paris, it's not an international France is not an international market. So I was like, I was very stressed and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay in the UK because it was the beginning of the, of the company. I was not making a lot of money. So I was like, and I was not, I didn't have a company before. Uh, I had created this company like only like two, two years ago. Yeah. And so it was a lot of stress with um, the permanent residency. Uh, and I had my permanent residency like two weeks ago now. So I'm fine. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> 
So it was like, I was, now I'm feeling like, I'm feeling better. I'm like, okay, I can stay. I can continue to, 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 to do my job. Um, and also the thing is with the, the, on the personal side is because I, I love to be in London. I want to stay in the UK on the long term, but also I want to spend more time in America. And I was like with the Brexit, like at the beginning, they said that you can't spend like more than six months uh, abroad uh, if you want to stay in the UK, if you don't have the permanent residency. So I was like, for, for my business, it's gonna be, it was like, I was thinking like, is it a good thing to stay in the UK? Uh, because if I can't travel, if I'm stuck here, what's the point to have a business if you can't do, if, if, you, if you can't develop the business? So yeah. like maybe I, should, I didn't want to go back to France, but I was thinking like another country, like another town like Amsterdam or I was like, and, but no, it's, it's, it's fine. But I think it's going to be like, we don't know what's going to happen, to be honest. It's like, this is a problem. Like the official Brexit is in two weeks. Yeah. And for the music industry, I think for, for, for a company like my companies, it's, it's going to be fine because like we we don't spend a lot of money it's a lot of consulting all these things but i think as you said for record labels and for um, and for touring company like live nation i think it's gonna be more complicated because we don't know like even if on the personal side i was speaking with british friends on friday and they said we don't know how we're gonna be able to travel to europe now do we need a visa do we need a nesta like if we are going in america so imagine like when it's only for you, that's fine. But when it's like when an artist is on tour, mm. if you need to ask everyone in the team to have papers, it's going to be so complicated. Yeah. And where does the cost lie? Does it, does it come out of the label? Does it come out of the artist? Where yeah. does, it's, it's again, uh, I know I would have wished to have had some sort of information before me and you had had this talk. And maybe in the future, me and you can definitely talk again um, in six months, in a year's time and kind of be like, okay, this is exactly how it's set out. And these are the experiences. Because of course, COVID's kind of delayed it because right now yeah. we would have international artists touring. We would have festivals in Europe, in the UK, and people traveling over. Um, so yeah, where do you think this cost will will lie and and does it mean the smaller artist of course people can't see what i just did then i, I did the air quotes um the smaller artist um do you think they're still going to be able to tour i don't know because this is the main issue with the, with the new artists when you have big names let's be honest they have money so i think it's, it's not a big deal for them uh, but for, when you are a new artist it's, now it's it's already complicated as I said at the beginning of the interview, to, to, to do a tour because nobody wants to take a risk on a new artist. Like, like if you perform in a bar, it's in a restaurant, it's, it, it's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But when you want to do your, your own tour, I, I'm speaking with a lot of new artists and, and they said that nobody wants to sign them. Even if to find the manager, now it's complicated because the manager is working for free at the beginning. So imagine now for, for, for a tour with the Brexit, we don't know if some, who's going to pay, for example, if you need a visa, if, if, you need, like, if you need a visa for all the musicians, for the management, for the record label, who is going to pay for this? Mm. Because sometimes it's a record label, sometimes it's a tour management, sometimes it's a manager, but sometimes also it's, 
farming for a new artist, the artist is paying everything by himself. Yes. So, and this is, for me, this is like a big, and even if like I, I, was, I was reading an article, I think one year ago, I think it was in Music Week, and I think it was Live Nation. They said that they don't want to, to hire like more British people, but they prefer to hire like European people because it's going to be too complicated for British people to, to travel in Europe. Yeah. And at the end, a U- European tour is like, is, the UK is, is like the key territory, but it's only one country. So when an artist is doing like, is, is, is doing a European tour, I think now for, for, for a, a tour company, it's better to hire like European, I mean, continental European-based um, people than British mm. people. And this is not fair for British people who didn't ask anything about this Brexit. And so we don't know what's going what's gonna to happen. And it's like sometimes I'm thinking, I'm like, you don't think about this, you should think about this, but we can't because we don't know. <laughs> Yeah, they haven't really given us much to, to, to go on. And for people listening, look, if you've never done a uh, a tour or never done an international tour or a big tour, we're not just talking about the artist, of course, travels around. Uh, they've normally got a backing band, unless the band are the artists themselves. Uh, they have the tour manager. They have their guitar techs, drum techs, other roadies, lighting technicians. You also have all the stage gear and the setup and maybe you're as big to have potentially catering which you could you could source locally or like a hairdresser or makeup artist things that can be sourced locally but however they normally are on the tour they normally are traveling around along with their press agents and everything else this is a massive thing for for people in the uk industry because yes you will not get those jobs you will you you will struggle to travel to Amsterdam, to Paris, to Berlin. You will struggle to do this in 2021 and onwards unless there is some sort of fair potential deal made. Um, And a lot of people in in the UK didn't want for this, and I'm not going to get into a political talk, um, but I do see more, like you said, international companies will hire European workers. um, And you know what? Fair play to the European workers. Here's your chance. Take it. Just take yeah. it. Don't question yeah. it. Just go for it. <laughs> yeah, true. So I think, yeah, I think maybe me and you could definitely sit down in the future, Fabian, talk out a little bit more. But from, from one side of the world to the other, I want to talk about African artists, um, specifically Nigerian artists, some of them that you started working with last year. Uh, you were looking to break African artists into the European market. Uh, Shay Shay, um, Runtown, um, with the year that 2020 has been with spotlight on uh, black artists, on black entertainers. Um, We will go into that in a second, but first of all, what kind of led you to this idea of breaking these artists and how did you partner up um, with them? Um, It's because my partner, um, my UK partner, um, asked me to work on Shea Shea Project almost two years ago now. So I didn't, I didn't know anything about the African market, to be, to, to, to be honest. Uh, I, was not fi- I was not focused on this market. I was thinking about the UK and the US. Hmm. And he told me, oh, you have to listen to this girl. Her name, her name is Shay Shay. And I was like, oh, wow, the music is so good. <laughs> she had this really song good. called 
Uh, she had this song called Murder. She's like, she, if she's listening to this podcast, she knows this is my favorite song, Murder. So I was like, wow, it's, it's, it's super interesting. So we started the campaign and, and I mean, all, I, I mean, for me, I used to work for a big rate, I mean, for NRG in France, but I never, like, I never had one of my, I mean, I never booked one of my artists on NRG in France because it's so complicated, it's so complicated. And when I signed with Shay Shay, I, I pitched the song to the BBC and, and I had the song on BBC One Extra A, a list after, after one month. And I was like, oh, why, it's crazy. I, I think all of these Nigerian Afrobeat artists, they have a massive potential in the UK. Mm. And... And it's like, and it's super interesting to work with them because first of all, it's a different culture. So you have so many things to learn from them. They have so many things to learn from us. And this is what I like in my job. It's like, I, I like to do my job, but I, I like to learn a lot of things by myself, but also with other people. And with Nigerian people, you have so many things to, 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 to learn. And I think also European artists, they can learn so many things from them because European artists are, are very, to be honest, it's, it's very complicated sometimes. They are not very open-minded or they, they want to do this kind of things, but this, not these kind of things. African artists, they are happy with everything. They are hard workers. Uh, they know it's not easy to break a different market and they have like very good content. I mean, if you check their music video, if you check their social media, Everything is perfect. No, I mean, nothing is perfect, but it's like, it's like it. for me to, to, to work with them. And I think that's why they are successful in Europe is because they bring something new. Mm. And I realized like now I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of pop music, but I realized like I can't sign like 10 pop artists in a year because it's too competitive uh, everybody wants to be on Capitol FM. Everybody wants to be on BBC Radio 1. But when you bring something new, like the Afri African artists are doing, mm -hmm. the media, the DSPs, the radio, they're like, this is something that we need, something fresh, something new. And when they meet the artists, I mean, they are just so nice, friendly, open-minded. It's not a relation like between an artist and a, uh, and a radio host. It's like there is a real connection between them. And this is what I was saying, like 10 minutes later, like to say we are all on the same, on, on the same boat and we have to, 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 to learn how to, 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 to work together. And this is the thing that African artists, they understand. It's like they are very open-minded to, to do collabs with European artists. Mm -hmm. uh, they know that it's not easy to break a new market. So they have to, maybe they are huge in their country, but on, on the UK market, they have to start with small, smaller things at the beginning. Mm. When they do an interview with a radio TV host, you can feel that there is a real connection. And there is a lot of respect and they continue to build the relation after the interview with the social media and everything. And it's so, for me, it's just so interesting. And same thing with, with, with the streaming platform. They love them. They just love them. For me, it's so easy to, to, to have playlists on, on, on Spotify, on Deezer, on Apple Music, compared to, to pop or European artists. Yeah, I think the market is an ever-growing one. 
I think we're seeing a lot of great talent coming out of um, international, um, well, sorry, I, I say that again. I say we've, we've seen a lot of talent coming out of uh, certain places across Africa. And I think the culture is really mixing very, very well. And I do hope, I know you said, look, we got it onto one extra, we got it on here. I do hope that we start to see it come up in a little bit of more of the commercial markets, a little bit more of the mainstream markets. And I'm not saying one extra isn't, it's just that's very, this is this type of music, very genre specific. The beats, the flow, everything about this type of music is electric, it's awesome. And I really do hope we get to see more collaborations with European and African artists in the next couple of years and let's create something a little bit different. Going on to like artist relations then, um, now, this has been a very interesting year for Black Lives Matter. It's been such a heartbreaking yet uplifting because I do believe we are shining the spotlight more on Black artists, Black entertainers. Um, have Did you see any change? It's okay to say no because I, I, I do believe, of course, it's, it's a slow process. But are you seeing a bit of a change now with breaking these artists into Europe? Or were they always quite welcome in and did you always kind of have that feeling of being welcomed with open arms by these markets to be honest with you um i i think for, for me i never had like trouble to 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 book african artists in europe even if before this movement um i think i think i think this music industry is is very open-minded uh, and I think, uh, and I think the UK is a is a very open-minded um, country uh, as as well. Same with France. Uh, in France, is like if you check the charts, like the top ten, like most of the time, it's 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 it's. I mean, you have maybe like five, six black artists. So I'm. Um, to be honest, on, on, on my side, I, I never felt like I never had like a like a rude response for, for from a media or radio or the DSP saying we are not gonna support this artist because it's a black artist, it's an Afrobeat um, artist. But uh, when I speak with them, um, I think this is the relation with the media. But I think after inside the records label and all of these things. I know that very bad things happen and right. I'm not inside um, of this. So I, I don't know what's happening. Just I'm learning a lot of things. Yeah. And it's just like, I, uh, if you check like Alexandra Burke, she did an interview on, 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 on her um, uh, Instagram account, like, like a few months ago. And I don't remember the story, but she was telling about her experience after she won the X factor. Um, as as a black woman, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's tough. That's that's not easy." And I think because we, I mean, we don't. Can I explain this again? Because it's 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 yeah. I, I can cut and then oh, okay, go cool. into it. Okay. Yeah, you go, you go, you because go. I, I I don't I know because I don't know how to explain to 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 explain this. Um, uh, how can I explain this? Um, yes. Yeah, so, so, you know, I don't see like, 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 like a big, 
um, difference um, between like the African artist and the media. I think the media, they are very open-minded. Um, I never had like any trouble to book artists, not only African artists, but I work with Indian artists, um, Asian artists, and I never had like any problem uh, with, with, with the media or the platforms. I think they are looking for, 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 for more international artists, so that's a good thing. But I think inside the music industry, inside the record label, the relation between artists, man, manager, label, very bad things happen inside. I, I never had like this experience. Uh, I mean, I never been like with an artist in a record label in a meeting and I can't explain this. Oh, it's so bad. Um, no, I think I get what you're saying. I think, I think you're saying that, look, what you've done in the industry, luckily and thankfully, you've never come across a roadblock which had race written all yeah. over it. However, you've spoken to artists, artists that you've actually worked with. You've worked with Alexandra Berg, and you've worked with a lot of these artists that say, oh, but by the way, certain things have happened in the industry, well, in a label or with management or whoever it may be, yeah. that race has become the topic. And I, I think that it was great this year that a lot of people did come out and say this. And then a lot of uh, companies in the industry are now saying, look, we are looking to um, build uh, m- these minorities, which we are going to look to... Um, close the gap between how many uh, people we have working from this background and this background and this background and, and have it more, of course, um, I don't really know what the word is here, but multicultural, uh, I guess, is, is, is what they're trying to do. And I think that's great. And I think realistically, we should use it as more of a, a good thing going into 2021. Let's try and spotlight more of these artists because... Uh, not many people that you probably speak to day to day know about these African artists, but they are really good. And if you play them, people are going to love it. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, I think kudos to you trying to bring African artists into the European market. And I got my fingers crossed for you, Fabian. I want more. I want to see more. And I want you to do much more with it because it's such good music. Let's, let's kind of try and build these genres up as well in, in a Western market. Um, I think going on then, we will talk. It, this this one's really fun for me, um, and you can have a little bit of a think about this one. What advice would you give to your younger self? Of course, you as a student went into a record label, did the internship. I imagine you wouldn't change anything because, of course, it's got to where you are now. But if uh, if you could give some advice to your younger self, what would it be? Oh, it's funny because sometimes I... I, I watch you know, on Facebook, you can see like a flashback post and all these things. Your memories. <laughs> yeah, memories. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and I like to watch this because sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, I, I posted these things. I was so proud because I booked something for an artist and I was like, it was like seven years ago. It was so bad. But, and I'm like, no, I think, and this is what I'm saying because I have in terms sometimes. And I'm always saying, listen, you can't have everything in your life. It's impossible. Not, nobody is perfect. Nothing is perfect. And I think I, w- I would not change anything because I'm very proud of who I am, what I did, 
And I'm sure I'm, I like to be very positive. I'm sure I'm going to be very successful uh, in the next 10, 20 years. You, if you are not positive, you can't achieve big things. Like yeah. some people think it's very arrogant to say this, but I don't think it is. It's like you, you have to be proud of what you are doing. Um, I think I would say that I need to be more confident, um, to be more proud of what I'm doing because for example, when I, when I was an intern, um, there were so many things I was like, I was like, mm, they are doing this, but they should, they should not do this. And I was like, just say nothing because you are an intern. And I think it's not, and this is what I'm saying to my interns, it's not because you are an intern that you can't say to your boss what you are doing is wrong. As soon as you are polite and you explain your idea, it's a good mm. thing. And... And I think I was, I, was, I, I was very shy. I was scared to say things. I was scared of what, what people would think about me. And I learned, like, I started this business almost 10 years ago now. And I think if you want to be successful in life, not only in this industry, you have to, you have to take risk. I mean, I, I, I took this risk when I left the radio station, everybody told me that I was crazy, but at the end, I don't think I was because when I check now um, and I compare to other people, I can see that I, I did so many things. I think don't respect the rules. I've, I mean, like when you go to school, teachers will tell you, you have to do this, this. When you go to an interview, you have to say this, that. No, I don't, I don't prepare anything when I do a meeting with someone. Uh, I don't like to prepare because I think big things in life happen when it's natural. It has to be natural. If you prepare everything, it's going to be fake. And the people on, in front of you, they will see that you, you prepared everything and you're like, like, you're like a, a robot. Um, so I would say this. Um, and what else? Oh, so many things. Because when I watched myself like 10 years ago, I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Um, no, yes, no, I would say like, yeah, no, let's start again because it's not, it's, it's, this answer is not good. Um, yeah, go okay, for I, any, you got, you can go with anything. Like I said, I'll, I can cut, edit, okay. remove, do whatever yeah, no, you want. It's, 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 it's not clear. So, so yeah, so I think, um, I would say, um, like I would say to myself, be proud of who you are, of what you are doing. Don't be afraid to take risk, to not respect the rules. Um, because if you want, because when you are younger, I think everybody's a teacher, your family, your friends, everybody's telling you, you have to do this, 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 this. But like in the music industry or other industries, if everybody is doing the same thing, if everybody is thinking the same way, how do you want to how do you want to to, 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 to to take a place in this industry? You have to be different. Yeah. And this is the when I, when I have interns like for an interview, I have like three, four students. I'm like, okay, this one I know he or she is not the best of the four um, uh, students. But I can see the potential. I can see that he or she wants to learn so many things. 
um, and and this is what I'm what I'm looking for. And now and I think because I left NRG, I took the risk. Everybody was thinking that I was crazy. That is, I will never find a job in this industry. And I'm like, ten years later, I'm like, look at me. I, I work with Janet Jackson. I'm based in London. I work with artists everywhere in the world. I couldn't speak English 10, 10 years ago. Uh, I, was, I was scared 10 years ago. To, for, for me, I was like living in a different country was not possible. Uh, I, I was thinking to stay um, uh, not with my parents, but like in Paris because they are living when I were from Paris or all these things. So I think in life you have take risk, um, don't be afraid and be different. This is what I would say to myself. A massive thank you to Fabian and for more interviews, AMAs, tips and tricks and exclusive content, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Famous Co. That's at The Famous Co. My name is Zaid. Go ahead and tap that subscribe or follow button and we'll see you all next time. You've been listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast powered by The Famous Company. If you're an independent artist or music industry professional, for more information, head to www.thefamouscompany.com.